Welcome to the Bridge Africa podcast. I'm your host, Isaac Osekisi. Every week, I'll be sharing employability and entrepreneurial tips needed to help you get the job you desire or start a business venture right after you complete your university education. I'll be introducing you to seasoned entrepreneurs and working professionals in diverse fields. We'll learn about their journeys, that is the bends, their pitfalls, their successes, and most importantly, how they overcame. Let's get it rolling. In this episode, we are going to be talking about how to handle partnerships, particularly conflicts within business partnerships. And it's amazing. So if you probably last week or so, I went for an event and um, it was some kind of a trade show. And in hanging around uh, as an exhibitor, hanging around, I noticed that I got into conversation with one, one company that was on you know, just nearby my vicinity. So we just, you know, started chatting. And um, one thing led to another. And the, the gentleman opened up to me. So he was very, very frustrated in the sense that his company was just taking off me. And he, he told me uh, his pre-COVID revenue. Uh, that's his first full year of operation. And I was very, very surprised. Very unique service that um, offers amazing um, you know, services especially for 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 businesses so i got to know that there were uh, as if uh, three of them in, in in a partnership that came up with that idea and actually worked towards it then halfway through the conversation i noticed that he was extremely frustrated and actually he opened up to me and basically what was going on was that um, they had spent close to three years building the business. And uh, there were three of three partners and around about a year and a half into the partnership, they noticed that one of the partners, so they are ABC, so let's say C, partner C, um, was no more active in the business. And um, to rob salt to injury, partner C had started a competing enterprise or a competing business. So the line of business that they are in, the, the third partner had just uh, started a, line, a similar line of business uh, competing, literally competing with them. Initially, he wouldn't own up to it that he was doing that, but it was pretty obvious from his employees um, with the other company and, and other signals, just made it very, very clear that this third partner was not committed to the game. Now, this is where the interesting part happens. So I asked him that, okay, if he's competing with your, um, your entity or your current entity, that's clear conflict of interest. So uh, just go, with, I mean, just go for arbitration or something like that and and get um, uh, maybe take it to the courts, and then you you get a resolution. And my, to my surprise, to my surprise, I got to know that there was no formalized agreement between the two part, the three partners. There was no formalized. They were friends in a different organization, and one of them had an idea, and the other brought in the money, and the third one was going to be part of the execution team. And, and execution marketing. 
So, so I said, you, you must be kidding me. You mean you are coming up with, you know, coming up this business with this nice revenue growth kind of business and there's no partnership agreement between the three of you said yes we made that that was a mistake we thought we were brothers we were friends and he shared with me he shared with me that even amongst the partners one of them became the best man for the other's wedding and the other one I, uh, the the other one there i think there are twin brothers involved and then the other one is a very close friend with one of the twins so it's complete and utter mess that he got himself involved in so to make matters worse they haven't spoken they are not actually on speaking terms because this person who has left is actually requesting for dividends at the end of this year he's requesting for his share of the cake at the end of this year and the other two are besting their backside bringing in the money because the the, the business is like a, it's like a cash cow is <laughs> I wouldn't want to go too much into it. It's like, wow, this is this is a, an amazing business with an amazing growth path that I wouldn't even be surprised if they get acquired by a bigger company. If we, if maybe an outside investment firm just either invest or a, a, a bigger global player comes to just scoop them up. It's possible because of the kind of industry they are in. It's hot cake. So. They were so frustrated that to the point that one of them is actually developing some kind of sickness that has to do with stress. They are working so hard, but they are always looking behind their back because they don't know what this gentleman is going to do to them. And they have no defenses at all. So, that led me to this video. That look, partnerships are great. They are awesome. I've been at the... Uh, I've, I've been through a couple of partnerships. Unfortunately, some of them didn't work at all. Some of them were horrible. But if you get good partnerships that really work, they are better. You know, because even the Bible says that, you know, uh, a three-fold cord is not easily broken. So if you have a partnership of maybe three very good people who know what you are doing, that can, that can become a masterful piece of business. But you've got to get the first things first, the basics first. Never enter into a partnership without a written agreement. Even with your own, not friends, with your own siblings or own relatives, blood relatives, you always have to have some kind of agreement that binds all of you. Don't say, oh, we are friends, we know each other, we've been schoolmates for many years, you know, I used to go and sleep in, the, in, in their house, I used to go, when we uh, come on, on vacation and I spend time with their family, they spend time with our family, so, you know, nothing bad could happen. No. In the grand scheme of things, human beings, we do change. We do change. Some change for the better, but unfortunately, there are others that will change for the worse. They will flip on you when you least expect. So protect yourself with an agreement. And what, what agreement? You may not necessarily have to go through a law firm, you know, that kind of thing. There are templates on, online everywhere. I mean, you can't... No, I mean, having a templated agreement is better than no agreement, right? But the best one is get a lawyer to take a look at it. Or get best case scenario, get a lawyer to write it for you. Sometimes startups get an, 
getting you know startups and getting a legal uh, proper legal advice can be very costly i know um can be super super costly i, know, I noticed that you know legal expenses in 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 africa actually in ghana and things can even be higher than those in america i was shocked the first time i got to know this so maybe a lawyer may not write the whole thing for you but you can speak to a lawyer who would maybe you write it and ask the lawyer to just eyeball it for you and they probably may take something small some lawyers may not even take anything at all but if you're going to do it yourself i think there are certain things that you need to put in there never start out a partnership let's say three people and say oh uh, this app, we are three people, we are three partners, we are going to, everyone is going to get 30, 33%, right? Not 30%, I was going to say 33, 33% each. Don't do that. If you are two, never start a partnership discussion and say we are going to be 50-50. No, don't do that. There's nothing wrong with 50-50. There's nothing wrong with sharing it in equal thirds. There's nothing wrong with that. It could be a massive blessing. If you are four of you, uh, never do 25, 25, 25. Yes, there's nothing wrong with 25, 25, 25, 25, but this is the reason why. Never start with the absolute numbers, okay? No, don't do that. This is what you do. You say, okay, we're going to enter into partnership. If we are, if there are two of us, it's literally going to be 50-50, but it's going to be predicated on what each brings to the table. Let's say if you needed money, um, you needed money, you needed skill, and both of you can throw in some money, the same amount of money, and they probably throw in the same level of knowledge or skill set. Maybe one is good at marketing, one is good at the tech side. So, uh, and each of you maybe come up with, let's say, $10,000, or whatever currency, like 10000 or whatever currency that you, you um, use. At that point in time, tentatively, all of you are coming in with equal footing. So if you're coming in with equal footing, at the back of your mind, yes, it's split 50-50, but don't do that. You're going to say, okay, all of us, our shares are 50-50 tentatively, tentatively, but we are going to make our shareholding vest over a period of four years. Okay, so you who even came up with the idea, your shareholding is going to vest. Going to vest means that it's going to mature over four years. So at, at the end of every 12 months, you accrue 25% of your shareholding. So if your shareholding is 50%, at the end of 12 months, um, at, the, at the end of, uh, so let me take back. If your shareholding is 50%, at the end of the first year, you are going to accrue one quarter of 50 percent because we are dealing in four years right so one quarter of 50 percent that is 12 and a half percent so at the end of 12 months you own 12 and a half percent of the business if your partner did the same thing he also or she also owns 12 and a half percent of the business okay if both of you hang on and journey through because the reason why you do this is very very simple starting up a business is tough it's crazily tough some people unfortunately will give up okay some people too they will they will get uh, distractions 
They probably may be working on other pet projects. They may not be 100% committed as you. So what you do is that the vesting allows people to prove that they really do care and they really are invested in the journey. You don't want you to be working 16 hours a day, right? Vesting your backside off and your partner is only doing two hours a day. And at the end of the year, you all get the same. No. So you put in place a vesting clause in your agreement that look, we are going to have 50%, but that 50% is predicated on a four-year vesting. Okay? Now, if by the second year, all of you are actively involved in the business, committing equal amount of time and everything, then you accrue the next 25%, right? Or the next quarter, right? So that brings your shareholding to 25% and your partner's shareholding to 25%. If... By the third year, you you all you know still doing the same thing. Very committed. Then you accrue the next piece, then other twenty five percent on top of it. That means you get 37.5 percent. Then if at the end of the four years you are still committed to the to the enterprise, now you get fifty percent. That's how it works. Now, if let's say at the end of year one, your partner. And, and you're going to be tracking your activities. You're going to track how much time you're spending on the enterprise. You're going to track how much time, maybe even how much resources and that kind of thing. So you're going to track everything. Track everything. Track everything. Every week, you're going to have dashboards that you put together. Say, so that uh, if it's John, John puts in all the number of hours that he has spending on this project, uh, Jane is also putting in the number of hours they are spending on the project. So that at the end of the year, you are tracking your involvement. So if at the end of the year, you notice that, yes, John is still involved in the business, but he's only involved in it marginally. Maybe he only spent 25% of his time on this project. Then he's not going to get the full vesting of that year. He's going to get a proportionate vesting based on how much they put into the business. That's how it works. So if John only spent 20% of his time on the business, he's not left, but he only spent 20% of his time on the business. So the first year, he only he has already accrued 12.5%. So the second year, instead of accruing 12.5%, he may accrue only 20% of 12.5%. Right? Let's, so let's, let's, let's take it slow. So John only put in 20% of the work. You have put in 100% of, of the time of your work. You are doing probably 40 hours a week. John is just doing maybe 10 hours a week. That's 20% of what you're doing. That's what he's been doing here for the, for the year. So yes, he's going to get vesting, but that vesting is going to be predicated on his input. He put in 20%. So you sit down and you calculate. 20%, 12.5%, right? So when you calculate that, uh, it's 2.5%, 2, 2 right? So two, no, actually, let me see. Yeah, 20%, 12.5%, I mean, we're doing mathematics, right? <laughs> yes, 12.5%, you take 20% of that. Uh, so 10% of 12.5% is going to be 1.25%. So if you 1.25, you double it to make it 20 
20%, that's two and a half percent. So at the end of the year, at the end of the second year, you would have gotten 12.5% plus another 12.5%, that's 25%. The other person who only committed 20% of the second year is going to get 12.5% for the first year and 2.5% for the second year, making that person 15% shareholder and you having 25% shareholder. In that way, nobody cheats anybody. So should in case this other John were to leave after the end of the second year and go to do something else, John only went away with 15% of the business, not 50%. In that case, you will not be embittered. The partnership, will, your friendship will still continue because you were not left with the short end of the stick, right? And everything uh, will be, John really deserves his 15% and you deserve your 25%. So that if you need to bring in a new partner at the end of year two, you can bring on another partner and everything uh, would take care of itself. That is one piece. So you put that clause in, called vesting clause, that we, your shareholding is going to vest. It's going to vest over a period of four years. Four years is important because the journey to building any great business is long. It's long, it's muddy, it's treacherous. And at the end of it, it can be extremely rewarding. So you're going to have to make sure that only people who um, are passionate about it, passionate about the journey, they stay for the course. They stay. They, I mean, they get rewarded um, accordingly. You know, they, they get rewarded um, as and when, you know, as and when a business makes money, they, they deserve, actually deserve is better. They deserve the reward that they've accrued. And this is just one piece of the equation. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And if you loved it, please take a minute to leave a great review. It would mean the world to me. And finally, if you loved what you just heard, can you kindly share with your friends and family? And I would greatly appreciate that. Thank you so much. And let's catch up on the next episode. Thanks and bye.